This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 070, Summer and Lightning. Summer and Lightning is the 12th track on Out of the Blue, third song on Side 3. On December 7th, 2018, Sir Gordini wrote at songmeetings.com, The author is in love, but it's not reciprocal at the start of the song. That breaks his heart, but he really loves the person he is directing this song to, and just the thought of her brightens his day. Summer is the happiness, and lightning is the sadness that unreciprocated love brings, and he's feeling both at the same time. In the March 30th, 2016 issue of The Guardian, Mark Beaumont wrote, Everyone balls along to Mr. Blue Sky like a pissed-up Pavarotti these days, but three Les Clements song selections were vastly superior. The slow burn gorgeousness of Big Wheels and the piece's pinnacle Summer and Lightning. Love, magic, waiting, yada yada. But when Lynn clamors atop his strumbling acoustic ditty to the sound of rolling thunder and bellows, here it comes again, like he's ripping his shirt open to get struck dead in the chest by a thunderbolt, there was surely no more euphoric moment in 70s pomp rock until side four. A nod to the song comes up in the card game Apples to Apples. There's a card with the word thunder. On the other side of the card are the lyrics, here it comes again, thunder and lightning. The song was covered by Lassie Eden and The Outsiders in 1990 and Paul McNulty in 1999. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. I really love how this song starts. It's got a nice clear acoustic guitar riff intro, which I don't think I've ever heard on an ELO song. I've heard nice, clear, crisp acoustic guitar, but more is just playing the chords that make up the song. I don't think I've heard one where it's just playing this hook riff there that pops up every now and then. It's got some great placement of thunder. I think the sha-la-la-la-las are a nice touch to the song. And I like the bridge where they have that funky Moog synthesizer breakdown going on. I like the song. And I've always liked the song. I like the song, too. Another it's, two in a row! Yes, two in a <laughs> row here that I actually really like. And, hey, it fits in with the rest of the songs that are on the side as well, which is mm-hmm. a bonus. Yes. This time, the thunder is just not used as effect. It's actually part of the music. 
Yeah. Where it's placed within the song, it actually acts as another percussive instrument there to forward how the song sounds. And instead of just rain effects, you've got that synthesizer effect in there as well that doesn't try to emulate rain, but the way it's played, it gives you a kind of a rain idea. Then, of course, I love the vocals throughout this, especially great chorus with uh, Here It Comes Again. It's just a wonderful song. It's a perfect song to follow big wheels with. And I'm just trying to wonder why I didn't remember liking this side of the album as much as I do, because other than the beginning song, which is the beginning song, I still will say as a standalone song, it's not anything special. Mm-hmm. But once you get into this, yeah, it's a great introduction, and it works with every other song on here. And uh, of course, you know, next week I'm going to say a bunch of great stuff about Mr. Blue Sky anyway. Spoiler. Exactly. But I remember just Mr. Blue Sky being the only song I liked off of this side of the Concerto for a Rainy Day, and but I'm totally wrong. <laughs> this This entire side works and whether or not you're just taking it as individual songs at least three of them are great or if you're taking it as an entire work either way it is definitely miles away from a lot of what else is on this album so um like that one guy said on that uh, npr podcast out of the blue is like most double albums three good sides in one side where it's just uh, we gotta pad this out so in eric's world you would completely ditch side two and make side three the side two of Out of the Blue. Oh, definitely. So far, yeah. Because if it was just side one and side two, yeah, I didn't like Cross the Border very much, but it still is not something that really drags the album down or anything like that. If it was just side one and then this one, this would be right up there with New World Record, to tell you the truth. I can see that, yes. Um, I don't have much else to say, so I'm going to pad this out with a little story here. <laughs> Other than I really like this song. But a weird thing would happen to me when I would play this album in 1984. Whenever I would play Side 3, Concerto for a Rainy Day, uh, it would rain within the next few days. And I lived in Phoenix. I lived in a desert. So for a while there, I had the power to make rain happen in Phoenix just by playing Side 3 of Out of the Blue. That's my story. Well, I wish you were here right now to play Concerto for a Rainy Day because, well, I've been waiting. Well, it only worked when I played my original UA pressing. It didn't work with CD or tape or any later jet pressing. So there was something in the the vinyl and the pressing and probably some secret voodoo chant and just the UA pressing that would cause rain to happen. Now, I was reading some of the reviews of this particular song Mm -hmm. on the Jeff Lynne database. And once again, I'm wondering about Andrew Whiteside. (laughs) I mean, yes, I've been harsh on some of the songs on this particular album because it's just not one of my favorite albums. It wouldn't matter who the group was. It still would not be one of my favorite albums. But Mm -hmm. I'm wondering why, for running a fanzine, (laughs) do you even like the band? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this this would be like me running the Justin Bieber fan club. (laughs) See. I hate everything about him, hate everything he's ever done, and uh, of course I usually pay no attention because he's irrelevant to what I care about in music, Mm -hmm. so why would I run a fan site for him, (laughs) other than if I was, well, a creep? Eric brings it back around to what's relevant to the subject of this episode. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what's with Andrew Whiteside, although last week he did have something nice to say about Big Wheels. 
I don't think I used it, because like I said in, in our bonus tracks part one of Out of the Blue. I put the episode together, I listen to it to make sure everything's okay, then I post it and I move on and I kind of forget what happened. So I I, I don't think I used it. And not just to be like, well, anytime Andrew says something nice about ELO, I'm not going to use it just to make him look bad. I think maybe just because really if it's written well, that's what I'll use. If it's a bad review that's written entertainingly, then I'll use it. But if it's just a good review where kind of like how I started this episode, oh, I like it, the guitar's nice, then I'm probably not going to use it. Also, I was looking at the circus review of this, calling this and Mr. Blue Sky fluff balls, <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, why was Circus, which is a heavy metal magazine, <laughs> reviewing <laughs> Electric Light Orchestra? This, ah, I just don't understand... I, I, I get frustrated the same thing with movies. Why do people who hate horror films review horror films? And... Why would somebody who knows practically nothing about the music they're listening to and where the music doesn't even fit your magazine's format even consider reviewing it? Because most of your readers probably couldn't care less about an ELO album. They're wanting to hear Priest. (laughs) If ELO opened for Priest, all they get is a bunch of beer cans thrown at them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, from Circus's perspective, I guess... Yes, Summer and Lightning would be puffball, but if you're putting that up against Sabbath and Iron Maiden, it's, well, yeah, of course. Exactly. Yeah. It's completely I, different types of music, and I, it, it, it amazes me that they even knew the album existed other than probably their older brother who listened to <laughs> progressive rock brought the right. album home. Or, because Bev Bevan played with Iron Maiden for the 83 tour, no, Black no, that Sabbath. that was Black Sabbath. He yeah, Black with. Sabbath. Yes. Played with Black Sabbath. Somebody at the magazine thought, oh, Bev Bevan is a hard rocking drummer, I bet. Let me just pick what he was in ELO. What's their album everybody talks the most about of the blue? Okay, I'll listen to this and I'll review it. And we'll get in a good heavy metal review of Bevan's band, The Electric Light. Well, this sounds nothing like Black Sabbath. I'm going to tear into these pussies. So. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know why. It's not like Electric Light Orchestra stole your Grammy Award. <laughs> no, no. Did they ever win one? I don't know. Um, if they did, it'd probably be for Balance of Power, knowing the Grammys. Ah, uh, you know, that would seem just about right, considering the Grammys, yeah. So. And there's where we can end it. Got something to say about Summer and Lightning? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Shh, here he comes again. It's all around me. <laughs> it must be magic! Yeah, yeah, yeah! If you donate to the podcast through our Patreon site, patreon.com slash ELOPod, you can get bumper stickers, produce an episode, or for just $1 per episode, $4 a month, you can hear shows a week before they're released to the world. Or skip all that and just hand it over directly through PayPal using the email address ELOFTMPodcast at gmail.com
Great moments in electric light orchestra history. Fortunately, reviews don't mean that much in terms of whether people are going to listen to your record or not. They don't mean very much at all. But it is a bit soul-destroying when you do work, like, like you say, all day and all night, trying to get this thing as good as you possibly can. And, you know, you're really dedicated to it, and which I am. And I love doing it. So, I mean, you gotta, if you put yourself in a position to be knocked down, you, that's what you have to put up with. But it is a shame when people just dismiss it as rubbish or whatever, you know. And that's why I'm loath to say anything's rubbish, really, any music, because I know that somewhere, somebody has gone to a, done the best they can possibly do on that piece of work. You know, and even if it's, even if I think it's bad, I do say it myself sometimes, that's bad. And then I know how they would feel if, if they've done the best and, and worked really hard on it, you know, it's not very nice to have somebody say, that's a load of crap. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? The song was good. Wow, she liked it! Taste the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 071, Mr. Blue Sky. <laughs>